0: How are we doing everyone, it's Matt Whitmore, one half of Fitter Food and of course this is Fitter Food Radio. We are episode number 51, we've passed that 50 milestone now, on our way to 100 Keris, what do you reckon?
1: over halfway.
0: I know, it actually seems really far away but <laughs> hey ho, we will get there, that's, that's the next milestone to aim for. Guys, hope you're all doing incredibly well, um, we're buzzing because we've uh, just come away from doing our Fitter Food Academy just last weekend, and it went down a storm, didn't it?
1: It's amazing.
0: Uh, yeah, guys, it was an, an epic day. Um, we had some um, pretty awesome speakers on board. We had the the amazing Emma Meyer hill She was talking about the gut. Um, you know, she's an expert in many things, but she does love talking about the gut. Old Emma Meyer hill didn't she? She does indeed. Um, and she does it incredibly well. Um, we also had the amazing Paul Watson who is just a fantastic guy who again you know he's been on our podcast he's worked with the folks on our plans and he just specializes in helping people just you know be more mindful be more aware of all the amazing positive things are going on around them and just being a bit more in the moment and living a life that we deserve full of happiness and trying not to let ourselves get distracted by phones emails computers Facebook social media and just kind of spending more time with friends, family, and creating experiences and, and memories for ourselves, which...
1: That was a bit of a revelation for some people, wasn't it? That we are meant to be happy.
0: Well, it was like, you know... <laughs> you know I'm
1: not supposed to be, like, training seven, eight times a week, working myself into the ground, stressing, flapping about, you know,
0: well, happy? Well, what? That, but that's the key, isn't it? He said, like, you know, you deserve to be happy. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to earn happiness yeah
1: that's what we've all
0: and that was the thing people
1: decided, yeah we? got people it.
0: make this link that you know i must i must earn a rest i must earn a day off i mean yeah. and we're And it's at a that. very
1: materialistic you know whereas he was saying you know it should be experiences not necessarily things. memories yeah memories
0: but it is quite funny because um you know we're, we're actually sitting in our seven bedroom mansion as you do this podcast no i'm only joking <laughs> we're actually staying at my mum's place because we're uh officially homeless to be honest with you <laughs> we are.
1: i'm possessionless
0: yeah we but
1: are. we should i keep lobbying you for a camper van don't i that's what i want to do camper van and then just travel travel yeah
0: could happen but i don't want a pimped out one though i don't know low-end camper have
1: a massive satellite dish on it <laughs> big
0: rv <laughs> Not what they do in America, they know how to do it. <laughs> full <laughs> full kitchens,
1: yeah, full sort of capital. What's it? Um, Just, coffee maker. The no. uh, you'd have the whole sort of Starbucks proper,
0: shebang. Proper barista, coffee <laughs> yeah. machine. I'd have the lot. I wouldn't leave the camper. I'd have a little gym in there and everything.
1: Just park up and go. Anyone a coffee? Coffee coming. <laughs>
0: um but and of course guys um you know so like harry said it was a huge revelation for for everyone and including us as well you know we we've mentioned it before we can be quite guilty of of letting work get in the way i mean we're quite fortunate in that we love what we do but you know we we do need to be better at just kind of separating our personal and or our personal time and our work time because we often let it overlap don't we and we're glued to our laptops at 10 11 at night and we're there giving all this advice you know make sure you switch off at eight o'clock you know unwind and chill for the (laughs) for the evening to get a good night's sleep um so yeah hands up guilty and of course keris spoke you know wouldn't be a fit of academy really if keris didn't speak and you spoke oh yeah i did as well yeah (laughs) i think everyone was zoning out by the time mine got round though i was i was uh I was the second to last talk when I.
1: Yes, you are. And yeah, actually, it, it did I did. Talk a lot, but you, 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 to be fair, you're a much more entertaining speaker than I am. So. I just I make up the right for, spot for you. my
0: lack of knowledge with humour. <laughs> <laughs> the best bit. Just make people laugh. They'll come away with a smile on their face. I'm happy.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's still important. But you also had some hugely relevant. I think you underestimate how much experience you have in all of this in terms of training. Like, wow, you've done sports specific training, you've worked with teams you've worked as a personal trainer strength coach um but then also from a perspective of somebody who comes to a lot of things kicking and screaming you know in terms of functional testing and the things that i get you to do and the information i'm giving to you you're sort of a bit skeptical of a lot of it so again you paid devil's advocate, devil's quite advocate
0: well. yeah i do i do do that quite well don't i you do you got no qualifications in that though i've <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: got a first as a devil's but... advocate. <laughs> put that on your email <laughs>
0: But i suppose you could say you know like um i try to ask the questions that i think a lot of people would be thinking yeah anyway you yeah. know and don't go wrong like you always kill it you know and you come back with an awesome answer and and that's but that's what people want to hear sometimes it's just about digging a little bit deeper isn't it yeah i did actually catch one woman out in the front who just completely zoned out at one point <laughs> that was quite funny Um, you know she she didn't know what to do with herself when I called her but but hey uh, I know the feeling it was a long day it's a lot of information to take in we were in an
1: event you're the first to zone out I am I look at you and you've got that look
0: (laughs) just give me a little nudge please but uh, but guys it was an awesome event we've had amazing feedback thank you so much to everybody who came along we've had loads of messages since then of people like when's the next one where's it going to be although it's not 110% official yet uh, save your date would be the 21st of november it's actually my mum's birthday i'm sure she won't mind um she can come for free of course <laughs> <A bit. laughs> she she won't bother she's not interested in this fitter food malarkey <laughs> um but uh so 21st november and it's going to be in london so treat yourself to a weekend in london you can go shopping uh we, we can all have a catch up afterwards as well go for some fitter food ish style dinner yeah. wash down with a bit of vino no doubt but yeah so yeah save the date guys um but we've got a Q&A episode. We've had a lot of questions coming in. Thank you again so much uh, to everyone that sent those questions in because essentially um, it's you guys that, that makes these Q&As what they are because you know, without the questions, it wouldn't be a very good Q&A episode, would it? <laughs> <laughs> so should we get into it, Keris, or do you want to add anything? No. Nope. Awesome. So question number one. This is from Alin Peachy who just happens to be our social media and chief executive sensible person, as we like to call her. But uh, she Kit- did genuinely email this question. She did, <laughs> <laughs> And she's put, Dear Man Keris, um, long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm really keen to know if you have any natural sun care recommendation. So many nasties hidden in the main high street ones and it's, a baff- and it's baffling knowing which ingredients to look out for. Uh, could you give some advice, please? love your biggest fan Lynn. <laughs>
1: it's like the bias there <laughs> <laughs> just a little um right it's a great question that's why we've we've put it top of the agenda because it's coming up to summer and actually we've had some few really hot days in spring so lots of people are sort of saying oh what should i be doing and if you know anything about, uh, I'm sure we've mentioned this on previous podcasts, uh, one thing we're quite big on encouraging is, is natural skincare and looking at the ingredients in your skincare because it, quite a lot of those ingredients can be absorbed uh, through the skin into the bloodstream and it be causing, you know, the toxins for one. They can be causing immune reactions. If they're allergenic sort of ingredients, you can get a lot of gluten yeah. in, in some hair care products and moisturizers, but you didn't know that, did you?
0: I didn't.
1: Um, and so it's, it's always <laughs> worth it. isn't it? <laughs> it's worth becoming a label reader. We've recommended people go to the environmental working group and download their free app called um, Skin Deep, which basically you can input products by um, scanning with a barcode. So clever. Um, Or you can go through their lists, and and that's mainly doing things like moisturizers and makeup and shampoos. That's very helpful. They've actually got an entirely separate um, guide for sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can go onto the EWG Environmental Working Group website, and what they've done is basically list uh, nasty ingredients that you don't want to see in sunscreen. They've listed some top products that seem to have very minimal amounts of these, and then they, they list them by price, so you can get the cheapest first. Um, And then they have some guidance on general uh, being out in the sun. And just one thing I wanted to cover was there was an article that came out recently and I did not know this, but um, did you know you can only get vitamin D in the UK uh, for basically the middle of May? It's like slap bang in the middle, 15th of May or something, Mm. uh, through till I think it's um, October because the sun doesn't go high enough in the sky. So all of the, the... let me get this right now. Is it UVA? Basically, the vitamin D is is, is sort of filtered out by the time it's reaching your skin, um, except between those dates. So you can't get any vitamin D pretty much from October to... might have been middle of April, actually. Middle of April, I think it was. Yeah, it well,
0: was April. Well, I, I definitely knew that. I mean, I thought everyone knew that, Kerris. I'm surprised you didn't.
1: <laughs> well, no, this is what I didn't know. So not only are you not getting any vitamin D in those months of the year, so pretty much after October till spring... Then, the only times that you'll get vitamin D is if you are out in the sun between, it's basically either side of, I think it's uh, one o'clock. To be on the safe side, you need to be out between 12 and 2. And that time gradually increases. <laughs> so I yeah. think it's like 10 minutes either side of one o'clock. And then it gets to 20, 30, you know, until it's a couple of hours either side of one o'clock. And then it starts to shrink again that time span. Um, through the summertime until, until autumn. So to actually get vitamin D in the UK, you've got to be out between 12 and 2 from pretty much uh, April to October. And no one can do that, can they?
0: Well, no.
1: <laughs> and the reason I'm telling you this, <laughs> one I didn't know, I thought it was really interesting, is uh, it's a bit of an argument for everyone should be probably supplementing with vitamin D. Vitamin D. But vitamin D is hugely protective um, against skin cancer, and well, any cancers, to be honest. It's hugely... Um, relevant for the immune system so some of the problems with um skin cancer nowadays is people have had the fear of god put in them about the sun yeah so they're wearing sunblock they don't even get any vitamin d anyway yeah and um that's this is quite a big issue and now doctors gps will test your vitamin d so we um we've always been big fans of getting this done it's on our plans we say go and get it done either online where it's 25 pounds or get your gp to do it very important but if you go to the EWG um, website, uh, just a couple of, because uh, Lynn asks what sort of ingredients you're looking for, there's the obvious nasties like parabens. Um, you don't really want parabens in anything that sits on your skin, which sunscreen does.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because parabens is a bit of a, um, it's like an estrogen mimicker. So it has a, an estrogen, estrogenic effect on the body, yeah. which can be a bit, um, it's dangerous for things like hormone cancers. And we, we never want that much estrogen in the body. Uh, another chemical that they mentioned was particularly, uh, particularly... So the main one you'll see in um, is in the sunscreen was called oxybenzone. So as well as looking for parabens, look for the oxybenzone. There's also something called retinol pal- uh, palmitate, which uh, basically it's like a, a synthetic form of vitamin A, which is supposed to be sort of protective of the skin, but it's not. It's more damaging. So you don't want that to be in your sunscreen either. They were not fans of um, sprays. Which um, so so in our experience, we took away about four different natural sunscreens last year. Do you remember this?
0: Yeah, they were and horrible. they were like
1: glue. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was like literally like smothering, like paint li- on like your it face. Was, it was like glue, like you'd be rubbing it in. It was almost like your hand was sticking to it. Yeah,
1: and I was putting it on my nose, and you were laughing because I had this bright white nose. I was wandering around with it, like right,
0: a look like a cricketer.
1: <laughs> and um, so I was thinking next year, as we were looking at the different brands available. I was like, oh, I'll definitely get a spray next time because it will cover better. But they're actually saying don't get a spray because the coverage is not as good, and you miss parts of the skin with a spray.
0: Actually, if you if if you don't mind, um, it wasn't last year that we had that. It was the year before because if you remember rightly, last year. Why
1: is this relevant?
0: No, because I was going to say <laughs> because I was going to say that uh, last year I didn't wear any sun cream because I just tried to control my sunlight exposure. And not only did I get a pretty epic tan, you know, I didn't, I didn't burn like I normally do. Yeah. And if anything, the sun cream would almost make me a bit more complacent in the sun because I'm like, well, I've got sun cream on. I can sit outside for hours. Yeah. And then I'll get home and I'm like, oh, dear, you know, I'm, you know it's red tomato.
1: See, see, this is a really interesting point because one thing that they've actually advised against is some companies like I think L'Oreal's brought out a Factor 70. Wow. And they've said this is really bad. Because it it encourages complacency and people sit in the sun all day. That's of
0: thinking burqa. Should <laughs> <laughs> be better so, off?
1: And that's what they're saying that just sensible sunlight exposure. Is way better than you don't want these factor 70s. Um, just instantly, in case people haven't gathered, and I also wouldn't recommend just wearing sunscreen every day either. This is for people who are going on holiday, going to be on the beach, so there's this potential to. Generally, it's recommended that you build up really slowly. Yeah. And it's supposed to be 15 minutes a day. So as of now, getting out 15 minutes a day um, and then building up by sort of five, 10 minutes would be helpful. They were. They had a very different opinion about um, sun, sunglasses. So,
0: so people are going to have to go on like minimum of like three week holidays just to come over for ten. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. And then they're saying cover up basically, and and by that they're saying cotton clothing, shade. Um, you know, put your umbrella up on the beach. Yeah. So I so thought all of that's really, really possible. Uh, you know, just being sensible about it, and then wearing a, a, um, a natural sunscreen. There's another list. Um, let me just go through of. Uh, I've got some brands as well, because it's always useful to have brands. But the other ingredients that, um, they, honestly, you could waste hours of your life looking into this, because there's also the EU is slightly stricter, because some of the natural ones don't have enough um, protection in them either. So that's another thing mm. that they've slated on the EWG website and said they don't actually protect you enough against, particularly UVA, which is really damaging. UVB is the one I think that causes the tanning, but UVA is very damaging and, and, and linked strongly to lots of, of um, well, like skin cancers and things. So they were saying that the European Union is much stricter and they have to, well, there's, there's laws in place that mean that they, to be natural sunscreens have to have much better protective. So then I went on a whole new host of articles looking up, trying to get some really good European brands. I um, wasn't very successful with that, but I did find a website listing more ingredients that you do not want um, just in case you are sort of there with pen and paper, um, I don't even know if I say these. Um, octocrylene, uh, Avon benzone, oxybenzone, we mentioned, homosalate, uh, octi- no, oh, octisalate, and then they disagree with EWG allows zinc oxide and uh, titanium dioxide. It says they're all right, but this person said I'd still avoid it, especially if it's micronized or nano zinc oxide. So love, love detail here. Wow. You can really geek out on sunscreen uh, but it but also this is really helpful look for ingredients like coconut oil which is sometimes labeled um, caprylic acid um shea butter aloe vera gel sunflower oil uh, jojoba oil eucalyptus green tea vitamins d and e um, and they're going to be natural and, and very but, protective
0: um on there's some i mean cuz doesn't coconut oil itself as a you know like you literally just applying coconut oil has a a, a, a I can't remember the amount of that, but it has some protection factor, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it, I think it does. I, I think the problem with this is, is, is you just wouldn't know how much. So, again, if you're being sensible about your time in the sun, it wouldn't be too much of a worry. Uh, but the other thing that's quite uh, interesting is some foods that you eat will naturally upregulate your own antioxidant protection, uh, especially the really exciting one is cocoa. So they were saying that actually cocoa nibs in particular, eating cocoa nibs can be really helpful for sun protection. Um, oily fish and keeping a really high level of omega-3s in your diet or maybe taking a fish oil any so, any of the sort of fresh raw veggies because you've got like beta carotene and like from the orange, yeah. orange things like carrots and um, that's all going to help with skin protection some people just have loads and loads of carrot juice <laughs> around the time that they're sunbathing and the greens actually obviously raw green vegetables um, but, you know, the green drinks like the um, Pucker Clean Greens or whatever greens drink you might be having because of yeah. things like algae in there. Um, they have an antioxidant um, compound that protects them from sun exposure. Mm. Um, I imagine the sunlight coming through the sea or, or however that works. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but that one's called uh, astaxanthin. And that really helps with your own body's ability to protect you from sunlight exposure.
0: So, yet again, it comes back to eating awesome food. Yes. It's a varied variety, nutrient-dense, single ingredient.
1: Yes, that was all on there, but particularly some raw foods. So um, obviously all the fruits and vegetables, anything that's got like phytonutrients in it, yeah. so blueberries and things that have to protect themselves from the yeah. sun, if you eat them, you take on those antioxidants.
0: So do, do you know of any products in particular? So we I went
1: recommend? I went on EWG and just had a a look for a few that I've seen in health food shops. Alba Botanica, which I've seen quite uh, readily available in the UK. Um Aubrey Organics, I actually love their deodorant. I think it's called uh oh God, E plus High C. It's a really nice coconut oil deodorant as well. So Aubrey Organics I've seen quite easily available. Jason, only their um SPF 30. That is what we did take last year, and it is like glue. Yeah. But you know.
0: So why are you rec- recommending
1: not, it? was. It's on the EWG website as one of the cheapest, the last, least nasties in. And then, I don't even remember this, but La Roche Posay, I don't even know how you say that. Is I see that a lot when we're abroad in Spain and in Portugal. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, they have one with a with an ingredient called, um, I don't even know how you say this, but uh, Mexeril SX, which is like some sort of natural ingredient that helps them um, basically to... To be a bit more natural about this, but it's it's a it's owned by L'Oreal, so oh, it's is like it? it's like a naughty company pretending to be a nice company, <laughs> ish.
0: But it's obviously quite natural.
1: But that one is uh, so no. A, a reason to put that in there is you're going to find that probably in in Spain and across Europe. So the,
0: so the score there's a scoring system here. It's got like a two and a one. Yeah, so, so one
1: one's the best. So when best. you go on the EWG website, one is the best. It's got the least nasties in, and then it gives you a little pound sign as to what three pound signs if it's expensive. Oh, Melvita. Yeah, Melvita's on there. That's
0: um, it. Oh, we've had that. We didn't. We had that one, didn't
1: we? Yeah, it's actually their pros. So the SPFs are all different. So their fifty is really good, but some of them you know might be two, and, and that's then, not too bad. Yes, the cucumbers um, stick is also on there. But, and that's but, but didn't you easy. just
0: say that going too high on the protection factor is is not a good thing?
1: No, they're saying over fifty.
0: Oh, and if it you're is over not 50, a good thing. Okay. And some
1: companies are bringing out 70 uh, just because of the complacency.
0: But would you say it'd be quite important to maybe um, around the not so hot times, uh, you know, to just try and be a little bit more responsible and not being just in the sun for too long? Oh and yeah, then... we've
1: known this for years. That the advice is don't go in the sun you between, know, between 10 and yeah. 2 and, and wherever you are. It's just, um, and I would say everything from hats to... Um, you know there's, they do support I was about to say sunglasses which you know I've heard other advice saying not to wear them because the sun you know, your eyes need to detect sunlight and not regulate the production of uh, melanin which will, will help with you know protecting you a little bit so you yeah. let's move ne- on next question <laughs> yeah.
0: you know we, we do have a tendency to <laughs>
1: sorry just
0: get mad carried away on one question
1: and... uh, yeah we can do Dr. Macola was on there as well would I mention that Dr. Is, uh he's got some green tea. Again, we use his, it's a little bit thick. One brand that I'm just going to look into a little bit more is uh, Lovia, which is a European brand. Um, they do have some sprays and some oils. I have to say, although they're saying that the spray is no good for protecting you, if you've ever tried to put the glue-like ones on, like they're almost impossible to rub in. So I think some of the spray ones actually might be a bit better if you can find one. Um, and Lovia is a brand that I've, I'm going to look into a little bit more and see, see if how they fare with the um, scoring system. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much all the advice. They have got some great guidelines for sun exposure on the website. So do go and check out their guide to sunscreen and, and they update it every single year. Uh, they put the worst companies on there as well. Do you remember Banana Boat? That's on there. Oh, yeah,
0: I do. Yeah, very well. <laughs>
1: Neutrogen is on there. Next one.
0: Next question. Awesome. So this is from Claire Harding, who just happens to be one of our Fit Food mentors. Looks like we've just asked our own team. lot of Questions. Keeping they it in the family. It's a really good question, though, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, would have had this thought at, at some point, at least. And um, she said, "I would love to get a comparison of the top five supplements we commonly use, such as." magnesium, probiotics, multivitamin, fish oil, vitamin D, and how a natural food supplement like kefir, uh, liver tablets, bone broth, um, daily exposure to daylight compares to nutrient content, etc. to so help decide balance between cost of minor supplement and just maybe put in a little more effort with cheaper food lifestyle choices. So I suppose essentially she's saying you know, where would it be, I suppose, truly necessary for you to supplement? And where would be a better option just to kind of try and get it through food? Is that what she's saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it's a great question. So in terms of the, you'll have to remind me of the top five in case I forget, I'll do probiotics first. Yeah. Uh One thing I say about probiotics is often they have to be used therapeutically. Um So, if you're doing things like a stool test on someone, and you can see that there's no growth of certain beneficial strains, um, then it's probably most helpful to go in with supplements. Um, similarly, for if you've got had a course of antibiotics, um, I really think that would warrant sort of um, a bit of a, a huge dose of, of multi strains of bacteria. And what's happening with probiotic supplements is the science is showing that they help your body to um, produce its own healthy bacteria. So it's not that you're actually we often think we were just inoculating the gut with the probiotic so you were eating it and it was just flourishing down there
0: right <laughs> <In technical terms. laughs> flourishing um,
1: flourishing down there it's not actually that they, they actually think it, it just encourages your body's um, own natural production to increase and that's how probiotics are working in some recent studies that have been done so I think if there's ever been anything like um, lots of travel medications you've taken things like the oral contraceptive pill which will deplete good bacteria you're getting lots of um, thrush infections, then you take them in sort of therapeutic therapeutic doses, so higher amounts and bigger strains to sort of cover all bases. Um, I do think then you might want to switch towards getting it from food. Um, so then you do your fermented foods. And and really with everyone, when it comes to supplements, there's a degree of um, it's not just about would this work better for you or would that work better it's a bit of a lifestyle thing. So I know for a fact, Claire is wonderful at making her own um, coconut water kefir and, um, you know, sort of really interested in, in fermenting foods and, and very passionate about it. But I know other people will sort of feel, I already make the bone broth. I already do (laughs) liver pate. I'm trying to prep all my food. This is just, you know, one step too far. And there's a chance that some weeks you won't have time to do it. And you'll kill your kefir grains and whatever. So um, I always think sort of, um, you know, probiotics could have a role there that you just don't have the time. But of, of course, you can buy a lot of fermented foods online, so that's another option. So with the probiotics, I do think there's a therapeutic use for them. I think you're going to see people being pushed more towards um, getting it from food and, and things like kombucha because there's more multi-strains in those than there is in taking a, a probiotic. If you've eliminated foods like dairy where you would have got that live bacteria, you might just want to take things like um, bifidobacterium as well, like long-term, because you know you're not going to have the dairy foods. Yeah. Um, and that's just also worth considering um, as an option. Some people just can't tolerate the dairy, but it's good to get the, the bacteria. Uh, what was the other one? A friendly bacteria. A friendly bacteria. Um, uh, so Magnesium. Th- yeah. Magnesium is one that I would always supplement with. I was going
0: to say, wouldn't you, I, I think it's safe to say that virtually all people... Are probably magnesium deficient.
1: I just think it's really hard to get from food nowadays, and we our lifestyles demand so much of it in everything that we do, from you know production of stress hormones to um, energy. The amount of training people are doing now—like look back to generations before us—you know they were active people, but they weren't (laughs) they weren't marathon Ironman crossfitters. Pre
0: pre hit training. Yeah. Pre hit pre CrossFit.
1: Yeah, and uh, even I know that, that Claire herself does. Um, mum of four, CrossFit, um, studying, working, you know. So there's, there's this huge demand on our, our poor magnesium stores. So that's one that I think most people need uh, and to supplement with. And you can get it from the leafy greens, pumpkin seeds and dark chocolate, but in, in the amounts you need it, I would go for supplement long term. That
0: was a quick one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, fish oil.
1: Fish oil. Um, so if the really tricky thing about fish oil is, ideally, you wouldn't supplement because it is i mean as much as i say pharmaceutical grade stable fish oils with antioxidants filtered for this that and the other pcbs dioxins um ideally it's still a, it's still a it's still a polyunsaturated fatty acid which is very unstable so it's still mm-hmm. going to be exposed to some sort of damage and oxidation and you're putting it into your body so oxidized oils are always going to create um basically inflammation and, and and be predisposed to that so it's um for me but the really hard bit is you you'd really like you should know your omega 3 fatty acid uh balance which is a private test it's only 90 pounds but a lot of people don't have access to it so you <laughs> you're looking at me like oh
0: well no so I was just thinking it'd like it would be amazing like, you know,
1: if GPs tested this I
0: just cuz you said only 90 pounds but you know 90 quid is it's a good chunk of money to some people. It
1: is, but it's not like, God, there's this test I recommend to some of my clients that are yeah. 500 oh, yeah, Oh, yeah, as far as, <laughs> so as, far as
0: testing goes, yeah. It's a bit more yeah. accessible
1: in that sense. And I think the most safest way to, if, you, if you're really like, I'm so sick of spending money on fish oils, is to just limit omega-6. Some people take this to another level where they don't even have olive oil and avocados because they have omega-6 yeah. in them. Um, obviously, eliminate, if you're following a paleo type of diet, you would eliminate... um the main sources would be nuts and, and um, cereal-fed poultry. So that's your pork and your chicken, especially the dark meat on chicken and I the skin the, is going to be high in omega six.
0: Nuts is a big one though, isn't it? For a lot of people, you it know, because it don't get wrong, nuts are a fan- fantastic um, food choice, you know, but it's something that's so easily overdone.
1: Yeah. Well, your options are with nuts: is either you drop them out completely, or you go for very low omega six nuts, which
0: are walnuts macadamias
1: not walnuts
0: i thought walnuts are one of the lower ones
1: walnuts is this really real uh confusion over walnuts in that walnuts have the optimal three six balance
0: uh but they're not necessarily low no so they've got
1: if you add the perfect if you add the perfect three six ratio in your blood cells and then you get walnuts you'd be maintaining that perfect ratio however if you've got too much six and you're eating walnuts you add into the six and you're adding a little bit to the mm-hmm. three
0: so macadamias
1: that's why the walnuts are popular um, macadamia is amazing so also, hardly any omega oh, 6 I yep.
0: what else? brazil Haz- nuts?
1: hazelnuts no brazil nuts are really high see on. I
0: only like hazelnuts when they're in Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> you were going to say <laughs> that
1: and they're like or a feast and I'm sure that <laughs> um, doesn't get on no so hazelnuts cashews are quite low they're not strictly a nut yeah if you're going to be really fussy curious,
0: come on <laughs> get your facts right love
1: <laughs> um, hazelnuts cashews and macadamias are the lowest in omega-6 so you'd favor those nuts but pork is really interesting because they feed pork so much grain nowadays the omega-3-6 ratio can be up to i think the highest i've seen on an article was 48-6 to to one of three because so your your omega-3 fatty acid balance at blood cell level should be two to one or, or maximum some would say three or five to one does that make sense yeah, yeah. so three times as much omega-6 to three or five times it's a bit more realistic in our day and age
0: but don't they say as well that pigs are the most um similar to humans in essence in in kind of how we
1: (laughs) how we eat a lot of omega-6 yeah yeah, (laughs) Yeah. how we stuff
0: our faces and (laughs) and hardly move yeah Um, (laughs) but i meant more so in their kind of like their genetic makeup in terms of how they are
1: they They do a lot of the gut stuff is done on pigs at, at more advanced level because they've got the same digestive system. And as but what old. was
0: that article we was looking at the other day about? Um, you know how pigs are like us in the way that they, you know, produce vitamin D in the body. Yes.
1: Yeah. you know, right. skin exposure to
0: the sun, yeah. etc.
1: And then, and the, the sad thing is, they're being kept indoors. So yeah. you're, you're, we're eating. I mean, this is a slight digression. Sorry, Claire. Um, but I did read this entire article to Matt about bacon. It was so good. We, we will cover it on the podcast. But one of the things they mentioned was pork is an incredibly healthy meat, but it's farmed so badly now.
0: It's so hard it's, to actually it, get hold of.
1: Yeah. And so the omega-3-6 ratio of the meat is terrible. Uh, it's fed horrendous feed. It's given lots of antibiotics, which obviously you then take on and disrupt your gut. Um, they're reared quite stress- in really stressful environments. Um a lot of the, the labels given, like outdoor bred and outdoor reared, mean they're allowed outside for very limited space of time, and I mean weeks, and then they're shoved inside into pens where they can move, barely move, and they end up chewing off each other's tails. So that was quite horrific, reading that article. Uh, what they did say was to look for... Um, and this is a lot of supermarket pork, so um, and, and bacon and other, obviously. So to look for... Um, really sort of go to local farms and see how the, the pigs are raised. And the only supermarket brand they recommended was the Dutchie originals. Chipolatas in particular were mentioned.
0: Ooh, I do like chipolata.
1: Um, as someone who, who who did I think that I think if you can get organic and it was outdoor reared, wasn't it? Yeah. Not bread. Bread means they're allowed outside for tiny amounts of time. So um that's a bit that, of a digression. It's so
0: frustrating though that, isn't it? That there's there's so many loopholes for food manufacturers to use on their packaging essentially it's, it's, it's lying
1: yeah, it's but a you blatant know what? lie but we're terrible because we accept the lies of course we don't i know oh, i know
0: i mean there, there is that fan, that amazing video isn't there about yeah, food woman, marketing yeah. and I'll, I'll try and find it i'll put it on the Fit of food page because it is a real eye-opener that
1: it's about eggs isn't it because we've got these pictures of eggs in fields on the packets of eggs that you're actually eating if you question or, or or look out look for the source of those eggs, they're probably more or less factory farmed. Yeah. But because there's a picture of grass and some chickens, you happily believe
0: that you're a, buying yeah. this chicken. Just roams the fields, yeah. and it's
1: not the case. And you don't, and we don't question it. And deep down, we know because there's no way they could produce this many eggs in that environment. You know,
0: no. <laughs> so. No. I'll find the video though. I'll post it on the Fit Food page.
1: So to answer Claire, ideally we wouldn't. Would done that. <laughs> we wouldn't supplement with omega threes, and they should always come from fish. By the way, not <laughs> from uh, vegetarian sources. Uh, but it's really hard to get that balance, and to know if you've got the right balance. And any signs of inflammation can be helped by taking an omega three oil. So I always think just a low dose is probably a nice safe bet. But, you know, like one between one and three grams a day, but, and avoid sunflower and safflower oil and the really high omega six oils.
0: But I don't know if um, if you agree, Keris, But I tend to, I take less fish oil supplements on days that I've eaten more oily fish.
1: That's a very good point, Matthew. I'm oh, um, full of good points. I know. You know this. Uh, one thing, uh, one course I went to recently, they were talking about how we should be pulsing nutrients because that's how our bodies would have received nutrients. And so you're absolutely right in that, and that's in reference to supplements. So the example that the the, the lecturer was talking about was. If you wake up feeling exhausted, you know, you could take a B12 lozenge. You know, you've perhaps just really pushed yourself the day before. Not that you're abusing the supplement, but you could just take a B12 lozenge and suck the lozenge until you start to feel a little bit more like your energy levels were returning, because B12 is really important for. And then you could spit the lozenge out if you didn't need it. Not that anybody would.
0: Why would you do that? (laughs) Save it for later. It's a
1: lozenge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having that. it's um and it's the same for omega-3s in that um the days you're eating the oily fish um don't take the omega-3 capsule the days you're eating almonds you might want to take an omega-3 capsule
0: may i just ask that because you mentioned earlier uh again sorry to digress but i feel that you know this is useful you mentioned earlier about inflammation don't a lot of people take an omega-3 supplement in order to combat inflammation creating inflammation
1: so the oh. The, the, oh. <laughs> the the EPA component of an omega three oil can suppress inflammatory cytokines in the body, which are chemicals uh, that, that go around the body, raising. It's like a cascade of events, and these chemicals will start to uh, basically kick off the immune system and, and create inflammation. What I was sort of saying is really good that you picked up on that, uh, Doctor <laughs> <Dr>. Devil's Advocate. <laughs> 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 that's the right phrase, uh, was if you took uh, really high doses of uh, fish oils, because they're a polyunsaturated fatty acid, they're unstable. So I don't know if you can remember back to chemistry at GCSE level.
0: <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs>
1: are you what, at? Where
0: you lit fire to the, uh, the workstations with your Bunsen burner. Yeah. <laughs> that was chemistry. Well,
1: this is probably a good analogy we could develop here. things we could, things we could yeah. burn. Yeah. <laughs> So so you were in polyunsaturated fatty acids in the chemistry lab. Um, no, so basically it's an unstable oil, uh, or it's an unstable fat, sorry. So when it goes into the body, there's a chance that if it's exposed, as I mentioned, if it's oxidized, um, exposed to light heat, it will basically, uh, sorry, if it's exposed to light or heat, it will become oxidized and then it will create free radical damage in the body. So it will damage our DNA. So in that sense, it's, it's inflammatory okay so then it's going to contribute towards aging cancer heart disease um i have a great analogy but it'll have to wait for another time because it's a long one right about the difference between saturated fats which are um i'll, I'll very quickly just tell you that but a saturate imagine me and you go to the pub
0: right and yeah. we have a
1: bottle of wine each that'd be nice yeah <laughs> each how what sort of state will i leave the pub in yeah and what sort of state will you leave the pub in Bearing well, in mind I I maximum have... You wouldn't be eat. leaving
0: the pub carriage I Yeah, basically. for a start. So think
1: of me as a polyunsaturated fatty acid, very unstable. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I just got oxidised yeah. with a bottle of wine. And I'm, I'd be a bit of a, a loose cannon walking down the street, wouldn't I? And, you know, a bit of a... I'd probably try and th- hit somebody at some point. <laughs>
0: like, I've never seen you be... You're not an aggressive drunk.
1: No, but I probably would be after a bottle of wine. Whereas you are like a saturated fat. So it doesn't really touch the sides with you and you just just wander down the street quite happy. If anything, you have a protective effect because you keep me in check. And that's how saturated fats and polyunsaturated fats work in the body.
0: That is one of the best analogies you've ever done, Chris. Oh, it Actually, it. it actually made sense Did for it? a start. <laughs> Always a good start. To so, continue. Okay, so that's that. Also, we haven't
1: even got through the supplements yet.
0: No, no. Uh, so another one is a multivit. This should be really easy.
1: And I, honest, honest to God, I've listened to... Doctors, functional medicine practitioners, lecturers or the naturopath nutritionists. And literally, it's like, God, why wouldn't you? Next minute, they're too dangerous. I quite like Paul Jaminet's take on it and Chris Cresser, who say that uh, multivitamin has the optimal balance of nutrients that you need. So yeah. as long as you accept that fact that you're overdosing on some and probably underdosing on others when you take your multivitamin. John Berardi and of Precision Nutrition originally, when he's doing fat loss plans, gets everyone on a multivitamin because it's a safe bet that you're going to have some deficiencies. So I do think if you know your diet's been crap, your lifestyle's been a bit stressful, and it's worth maybe kicking off with a three-month course of a of a good multivitamin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I would say is also you could pulse your multivitamin. So I quite like um, Nutria Advances Multigenics or. One of my favorites at the moment is Designs for Health um, Complete Multi because it's across six capsules. So what you could do is some days you could take all six, maybe because you're not eating as optimally as you should do. So maybe it's been you've skipped meals or it's been grab and go or whatever. And then there's days when you might have eaten your liver, your eggs, which are complete multivitamins in, in many ways. The egg is the total multivitamin. Um, so on those days, you might just take one or two of those capsules. Yeah. So you're pulsing the nutrients based on what you've eaten that day. That's one way of doing it. I would be totally happy if somebody just looked at, if someone was eating eggs, um, organ meats, a bit of dairy and fermented foods. I would say it'd be more about just familiarizing yourself with vitamins and minerals and the sources um, and saying, actually, is there anything that I could just take supplementally? <laughs> and the main ones that people tend to miss is iodine. Because it comes from, generally from things like seaweeds and seafood,
0: kelp, sea kelp.
1: So again, if you're not an eater of fish or seaweed, then you might need to supplement with that Uh, vitamin C because it 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 just um, degrades really quickly. So taking a capsule of that, but most of the rest you can get from food. Selenium is one that's debated a bit. I think it's very depleted in UK soils.
0: But I mean, essentially, you know, so long as you're not taking a supplement to make up for the fact your diet is atrocious yeah then i don't think there's any harm in backing yourself up a little bit no
1: i think when you travel and, and things like that i think somebody i think somebody who has health issues is better going and get going to get tested yeah and, and find out what their levels where their deficiencies are and i think if someone is on a budget i'd go down the organ meat and um, egg yolks instead
0: i mean and the good so it's thing not we... a, it's
1: not it's not i don't even know did
0: I answer the question? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm sure Claire let us know if you yeah. haven't. Um, but you know, for me, I mean, the supplement is the big question for many people because let's face it, there's nothing sexy about taking multivits and fish oils, vitamin D's, and whatnot. It can work out to be quite costly. And we actually had this conversation the other day in the car, didn't we? And we were, and I, I said that I was guilty of this. Is that you know, you suggest a new pre-workout or an intra-workout or a post-workout shake to somebody and they get all excited boom they order it straight away they don't even question the price
1: yeah that's you and, that,
0: and that's me yeah. you know don't get me wrong like, i mean you know for me like, I, I love trialing a new pre-workout intra-workout whatever and i get genuinely excited about it because i love training and i love anything that's gonna you know for me it's all a routine like a lot of people is have their pre-workout they have their coffee you know they do their thing and, and they but go and train
1: it's funny because we have these big debates when so I use this company called Natural Dispensary, and when the bills come in, and it's like I've brought some systemic <laughs> enzymes or some improved probiotics, you're like, how much have you just spent this month? But then the next thing I know, there's a ring at the door and a parcel lands from Anabolic Designs. <laughs> it's like one of these, like five tubs of I don't know, very like
0: well, which you hench
1: looking supplements which
0: you've been dipping into. Yeah, yeah, you
1: and then, so it's funny, it's just you love, that's what you get excited about, it's where your priorities go, whereas I'm more like, I do like. You know, I do test a lot of supplements out first before recommending them, but
0: yeah. But, but, but you know, the, the You're message... A typical I'm, bloke. I am a typical bloke, but I think there's a lot of women out there that that also get...
1: Anabolic qu- designs. ...quite excited about <laughs> yeah.
0: pre-post-workout. You know, everybody does, anyone that's got a passion for training. But no one more than our friend Darren Dix, who <laughs> we we went to see the other week in Lower Stoff, and I'm sure he's listening right now, who has, I'm not even joking, has got enough supplements in his kitchen cupboards... To, to open up his own, his effort. but
1: what I love is he also has <laughs>
0: GNC hundreds store. of
1: books. He is incredibly. He's so passionate. He's always reading up, buying the books, looking at the DVDs, going on the courses. I've never know he goes on more courses than I do. Like I, you know, like every time, every other weekend, he's on a course with somebody. You know, in the in the fitness industry. So I really is a, is a man after my own heart in that sense. When I opened those cupboards, I, mean, I was like, "It looks a bit like my covers."
0: You know, it was like I, I was like, it was like being like kid in a sweet shop it when was. I opened his supplement covers. I, I was, it was like, I just wanted to try them all. Yeah,
1: I've yeah. been buzzing
0: on pre-workout. <laughs> I'd already trained that day. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, if, if you are in the, the lower soft area and you're looking for a, a, an awesome PT or someone to look at your nutrition, Darren D. He's the man. Check him out. Oh, that was it so i was just saying that you, you know but opinion. it all does come down to eating as much of a well-balanced diet as you can rotating your proteins rotating your carbs your fats getting as much nutrient density in there as possible and then you know potentially testing getting some tests done to see if you do need to supplement in the first place or are you getting enough through food or how much you may need for example
1: actually it's interesting i was talking to um Emma Myhill about testing and Think the more courses i'm doing the more i'm thinking i would i would definitely i've always wanted you know i advise clients to test and i've always wanted to test myself but sometimes you some of them are a lot of money and you just you just put often practitioners put their own health on a back burner um but i was talking about this uh a test called the one test which looks at all your vitamins minerals mm-hmm. bacterial balance in the gut and um that can be a really useful if you've supplemented for a long time and want to know if you overdone some or missed something then the one test by Genova diagnostics is a um quite a useful one to go and do for a bit of a i want a snapshot of my house and i can act on that i'm sure you're gonna have it done soon matthew as soon as you give <laughs> me the green see, light in my <laughs> yeah. future yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but guys speaking of pre-workout we're absolutely loving uh, sustain 2.0 by uh, genetic supplements right now and we don't we, we we don't have an endorsement deal, no affiliate, you know, we weren't paid to say that. We we like to recommend products that we like. It um, just
1: makes your head really tingling. It tastes
0: pretty awesome, yeah, it makes me head tingle. <laughs> 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 um yeah, give that a try. See how you get on. Um so let's move on to another question now. Yeah. We've done them all anyway. Cleve had enough. you have had enough of our, <laughs> our time on that question. No, I'm only joking, uh, but good question though. Okay, so this is an awesome question that was emailed to us. Actually, it's from Michael Curry, um, and he says, "Hi, um, how how is a good way to regulate meat eating? I worry sometimes that I am eating too much. Should I have it say two or three meals a day, or have a meat-free day?" Uh, it helps me reach my protein goals, but I worry about too much fat and also environmental and cost factors to buy higher quality meat. I thought it was a I, really good question. It's a great question. I've got the same worries, Just, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> lots of meat. Can yeah. never have enough meat. No, I've got the Next same. Next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm only joking.
1: Um, it's something that I've actually, for a while, that one of the big changes I made when I first went paleo was I went sort of too much down the too much meat route. And noticed various things like my digestion wasn't great. Um, I felt like I gained a bit of weight, I didn't I just didn't feel as energized and my training was a lot harder. And then I switched to making it more I've spoken like this, making it more pescatarian, but I've switched even more recently um to being a bit more vegetarian. So um some of that has involved bringing dairy back in. But some of my meals, because um if if you're training and you're trying to get your carbs up and things, can just be you know, like a big sweet potato topped with avocado. You've got some protein in that. Sprinkle of walnuts on a salad. That sort of stuff. Um, to try and make some of my meals more vegetarian. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because of, um, as you've mentioned, all the reasons you've mentioned. In fact, in that there's the the the, the, um, the environmental aspect and sustainability of, of huge amounts of of everyone eating huge amounts of meat. Um, another thing for me has been the level of environmental toxins in in meat as much as you want to control it having grass-fed meat you know there's still um most animals are still given antibiotic treatments even those that are you know sort of um coming from you know more favorable um farms that often they still we are going to get paleo nutrition whales on a podcast to talk about the fact that by law most animals have to have a lot of antibiotics administered administered so you're still taking that on um feed will tain, contain um, toxins. And as I said, animals just generally are going to have more toxins in them than sort of plant-based proteins if, you, if you're buying them organic. So there's been that side of it for me. I've been doing quite a lot of research on cancer and thinking that really with paleo, the, one of the big arguments about it was more vegetarian than a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, so actually, I've started to switch to, to having these huge amounts of salad um, and, and vegetables and, and using meat a little bit more for some meals, more like a condiment. So maybe just a bit of parma ham on your salad, that sort of stuff. And I think, although the science just goes back and forth on um, red meat and cancer and, you know, is it grass-fed and, and what might be the cause, for me, I just think that everyone could probably do with, if not going too crazy on red meat. I suppose the final, final thing that really sort of um, nailed it for me was all the studies that I'm looking at with hormone health and insulin health and leptin health um, and the studies that I'm looking at in cancer are all saying that one of the biggest sort of contributors to, to disease is the the components of cooking meat um, and smoking meat. And because we're really into sort of um, charring, barbecuing, blacking, blackening the meat. And yeah. often when you are going to eat meat, it's, it's going to be pan fried or grilled. Um, and we've had a massive chat about this, haven't I? I've said to you, you've got to stop frying everything because when you burn or brown it, you create these um, byproducts. Which basically are known as carcinogens, and have been for some time. You know, you've seen that for a while. That burnt foods, we shouldn't eat burnt foods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, just, occasionally. <laughs> just occasionally. Uh, but when you do the, um...
0: you don't really have a choice in the UK, though, dear, because the sun only occasionally comes out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> when you get the out. barbecue. Um, but the other thing is, so you can get these things called advanced glycation end products. You can get. Um, some other you know, toxic components, but also if you do the um, a DNA fit test and the DNA diet test, you don't have to get these done. What came up on ours was that we don't detoxify these chemicals very well, so that would, the more toxic, the more sort of burnt foods and, and fried foods we consume, the more we'd be increasing the toxic burden on the body and our risk of cancer, essentially, yeah. and DNA damage. And So every time you burn your food, you're aging your body, Matt. You're getting wrinkles. Um, so yeah, so for us, it was a bit like, let's switch to doing more slow cooking, which we were trying to do more of anyway. Yeah. Um, but but I generally think we could eat a lot less meat and still... Yeah. Um, but
0: but my, Michael's got a good point as well in that, you know, sourcing good quality meat is expensive. Yeah, um, it is. Like you said about getting, we've we been trying to get paleo nutrition wows, the guys from there wrong because they're incredibly knowledgeable guys, you know, they know their stuff when it comes to meat. And how it should be raised and, and, and whatnot. Um and, and by the way, guys, you know, again, no endorsement here whatsoever, but paleonutritionwows.co.uk, amazing, amazing meat, poultry. Um, you know, highly recommend you could check out their website, guys, and put an order in because it is phenomenal stuff. He's he's also got a, a protein goal as well, so I'm assuming that he's someone who trains. Yeah. Uh, of some of some nature. Which of course, you know, let's face it, we know this. You know, he he's he's probably not going to kind of hit those targets if he is kind of replacing these meat-based meals with just more vegetables. No. So, okay. so, okay. so sorry. <laughs> um it? So, no, All I was going to say was is that you know most people when they do have a protein target, I mean, you you may well be very calculated with what you're doing, Michael. um You know, and, and you're pretty kind of on the button when it comes to to kind of hitting your protein goal, but. A lot of people just go a bit OTT with protein, um, especially guys who train. It's just protein, 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 and they probably eat way too many. It's way, way too much for what they actually genuinely need and what their body is actually using. So probably, you know, if if you haven't done so already, kind of maybe fine tune that a little bit to see exactly what you need. Uh, but then just be sure to rotate your proteins where possible. And we mentioned earlier, like organ meat, like liver, for example. Um, if you can get that from your butchers. You know, or or, yeah, or that's uh, meat. sorry, that's meat. No, but I'm just I'm just thinking from a, a cost point of view and the nutrient oh, okay. density because okay, okay, livers yeah. are incredibly cheap, but yeah. incredibly nutrient dense. Yeah. Um as, as one example, but but I think my biggest advice would be yes, definitely get more vegetarian base. Uh, ve- sorry, vegetable based meals in there from time to diet- time. Don't just go crazy on on meat, meat, meat. But just rotate your proteins as much as you possibly can, and get the good quality fish in there as well. You know, and let's not forget things like a little bit of cottage cheese or something like that. If you're okay with dairy, is a is a great source of protein and nutrients.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what I was going to say was, in terms of spacing your meals, just give me uh, two
0: pence there.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's good. You could go to a um, a vegetarian protein powder in terms of supplementing. So you could do hemp or rice or pea. Um, I know some of them aren't as palatable.
0: Pea is awful. Do not buy <laughs> pea protein. How dare you even recommend that on our podcast, Karis?
1: Um My favorite is Sun Warrior. I really like Sun Warrior at the moment. Sun
0: Warrior, chocolates and vanilla is okay. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, so you could use things like that. You could be using broths, so you're just basically boiling up the bones in a slow cooker. So again, you're avoiding those uh, toxic end products, but you're getting proteins from that familiarize yourself with the amount of protein in in vegetarian foods like avocados and nuts and seeds and stuff obviously favor the low omega-6 where possible so that you've got an idea you know even things like rice some of the grains quinoa um i was looking at quinoa porridge recipes the other day you can get about a good sort of 10-15 grams in a bowl of quinoa porridge with some nuts and seeds added you know hemp seeds and stuff so you, there are i think it's i think just just keeping a bit more of a varied diet and i am seeing a lot of sort of paleo proponents lower their protein recommendations as matt yeah. said people are overthinking protein um and it's, it, it can be quite aggressive on the gut you know a very protein heavy diet as most people who've ever smelt a protein fart will know um <sighs> so again just just spacing them out so it could be why don't you challenge yourself to do like um a fish week, that's what we do with, with most of our clients, don't we? And we do it occasionally. So mainly just fish and seafood um, with some vegetarian meals thrown in. Um, and then just start to say, well, I'm just going to have one, one vegetarian meal a day, see how you get on. Um,
0: and also as well, just be sure to listen to your body. I mean, for me, I mean, I'm mean, i kind of at this stage now where I'm, I'm sure my body has just got even better at telling me what I want. Keris has this from time to time. Like Keris is not a, really, not a huge steak fan. You know, <laughs> she's always like, every now and again, she'd be like, God, I really fancy a steak. And it's almost like we we joke that it's her body kind of saying, I need a bit of iron.
1: One time I was chopping up, you'd cooked a massive steak and I was making you a salad and I was chopping up the steak for shit, you. half
0: mistake. steak. And I had the steak. Charming. And
1: nothing could have stopped me at that point I, was in like, time. I know like, I know
0: the meat shrinks when you cook it, but cri- <laughs> crikey. What's I, that and and here? It was
1: the smell. The minute I smelled it, I was like, I need to eat this. And there was nothing going to stop primal
0: me. instinct so, uh, but what, yeah. what i was going to say was is that i'm the same in that sometimes i'm like god i, I just really want you know a good juicy steak but then other times i'm like god i all, all i want is some fatty fish but then other times it'd be like so i or you know i just need a hit of like lean white fish you know and it's also, like my body
1: sometimes you've said you've craved you've actually yeah. said i need after we go a few days and having them And like I said, some of your dinners can be a nice baked sweet potato with a big salad and some butter on it or whatever. Or a
0: vegetable curry. It's always a winner. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: With some broccoli, if you want other protein.
0: I think we've covered that. I think we have. Don't you? Cool. So a few more questions, guys. Uh, Here's a good one Um, because we're actually talking to a friend of ours who is a CrossFitter at the moment, trying to uh, give her a bit of advice to fuel her craziness she loves training this girl Um this is from Mena Morgan my first CrossFit competition is in two weeks any advice on diet between now and then um, so like I said this is interesting because a f- there's a friend of ours who does CrossFit she's incredibly good at it super strong super fit most people would really struggle to keep up with this girl but um we've always kind of had concerns that she doesn't fuel herself sufficiently um, not only to aid her intense training but also to enhance her recovery in between these training sessions Um, but my first kind of point would be you know seeking advice on diet two weeks out from a competition is pretty crazy Um, there are things you could do for sure but this is the kind of thing you want to try and map out as far out from the competition as possible um, and it's just quite bizarre because we have a lot of people, especially the, the the classic is marathons or some kind of running race, a half marathon or whatever. And and sometimes we've had people message us like two days before and say, "Oh, what would be um, what's a, a good meal to eat the day before a race?" And we're like, "Wow." Like, you know, talk about give yourself plenty of time to to prepare. <laughs> oh and, and normally we'll just be like, Do you know what? You just crack on with what you've been doing because we don't like to kind of mess with things too close to the time. But, you know, I'd say two weeks, you've definitely got plenty of time to to kind of make some positive change for your competition. And when it comes to CrossFit, and I'm sure Keris will agree here, one word
1: <laughs> the that get that, them down, yeah. The really hard thing is that the paleo diet has become so fashionable and such a part of crossfit which is great yeah um but i'm seeing more and more whenever i see CrossFitters and i say what's your post-workout meal and it's uh, i have sweeps potatoes or i have berry with my, berries with my post-workout shake there is no way that's it's not going
0: to touch the sides amount of
1: carbohydrates to fuel a lot of the car- uh, crossfit sessions are, are glycogen depleting so Incredibly, yeah. you're exhausting the storage of glucose from the muscles um which is there for a reason as well as um, obviously just taking part in something that's quite intense and heavy on the adrenals, um, on the adrenal glands, and adrenal glands need the carbohydrates um, too. So there's a sort of a, a hormonal thing going on and, and glycogen stores that need repleting. So I actually uh, went to um, a course by Matt Lovell, who's a sports nutritionist, on refueling rugby players, which I don't think is that dissimilar <laughs> to refueling a CrossFitter some, in some ways obviously like there's a bigger duration in terms of a rugby you're going to tell me I don't know the difference well I was, I was going
0: to say I mean
1: one thing I thought was everyone I know is no way near supporting their level of training in gyms because we used to have fit londoners come and do two classes back to back so it was um you know sort of a good two-hour stint of intense lifting and and some cardio and some interval training and stuff so um, and what he would do with the rugby players, it, it was like four post-workout meals because he was just trying to get the stores repleted, really, you know. So yeah. there was a post-workout shake with added carbs that could be in the form of dextrose or, um, um, you know, generally it would be yeah, you know, just some, some some form of glucose powder that you can yeah. get straight in there. Uh, then it would be a meal and then two hours later another meal. Um, and again, quite a sort of carb, it was lean proteins and carb, lean proteins and carb you know there was not much fats in there because that's not really what the body needs yeah. um after serious you know serious training sessions and it was i think there was three meals normally to recover from something that intense um and that was then then on top of your normal um you know sort of breakfast lunch and dinner so yeah basically i would be saying exactly what matt said carbs and most crossfitters are going to have to use things like recovery shakes or you might want to add in terms of grains you might want to go for some white rice um post-workout so you could get those in maybe some people are are turning into oats gluten-free oats again just to try and get that amount of um um, carbohydrates in it'd be really hard it will be quite hard to do it from just root vegetables and potatoes but again um potatoes would be sort of your most paleo-ish source Mm -hmm. to use uh fruit would be okay but with fruit you are getting mainly um, a split of fructose and glucose, and, and yeah. you do need a bit of fructose. As you know, you you talk about this a lot in your presentations. You need a bit of fructose to replenish liver glycogen, uh, but primarily you're looking for glucose for muscle glycogen after a workout. So, banana's not bad. It's half and half, yeah. but it's not going to touch, you know, what you need. It's 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 about 30 grams of carbs. It's it's no I mean, way near enough.
0: One of my favourites, uh, you know, especially after a, a pretty intense session which for me would normally be like a leg day for example which you know is 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 hugely glycogen depleting and real, real hard out effort um nothing compared to crossfit i'm sure uh but you know like for me a bit of banana and a bit of honey on some rice cakes as well as my kind of like protein shake is a not only does it i mean it tastes amazing especially after an intense session and you just want something sweet so it really hits the spot there um so if you are doing a pretty challenging crossfit wad workout um you know you need to replace that glycogen like kerry said but you know after the more intense ones you know you really want to try and get it down you and and we try and look for a good two to one ratio of carbs to protein don't we
1: yeah you've got some shakes like phd recovery which has already got them got in a good ratio, so you haven't got yeah. to overthink it you could just buy your favorite sort of might be your favorite way or whatever protein you're doing and you could add the 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 targo or some of the sugars and things in there um i would um i would say as you pretty much pointed out you should be working with a coach really to try and establish you know what was working for you so far what you know your body deals well with what your goals are Mm -hmm. um the nature i don't know the nature of um other than being sort of crazy intense the split of strength, endurance, and, yeah, well, and I power think, and interval. I think based CrossFit stuff
0: and, as a sport has got a lot better in that sense, in that there's a lot more on offer now than just kind of going balls out, you know, intensity. You know, there's a, a big focus on mobility gymnastics-based stuff, a lot of technique work involved, but which is fantastic, but how many people actually listen to that and take that on board and and devise their training accordingly so it optimizes their progress and recovery? That's another ball game. You know, I know some people that are incredibly good at CrossFit because they do take it on board and you know they do a lot of soft tissue work and technique work and mobility work in between their workouts and others that it's just intensity, intensity, intensity and then they're the ones that keep getting injured and don't quite get the desired result. So that's another key factor is to kind of look at your performance and how you're progressing because if you're not progressing uh, and if anything, if you're regressing in places, chances are you're not recovering properly and it's that simple and that would mean sorting your nutrition out and ensuring that you are getting A, enough calories, B, enough carbohydrates to kind of uh, to, to replenish the, the lost glycogen and also things like sleep, you know, which you know you you can never you can't out eat <laughs> poor sleeping habits, um, and, it, and it really is that simple. So try and look at the bigger picture. But you are only two weeks out, so I wouldn't make any drastic changes. If anything, I would just say, you know, just make ca- increasing carbohydrates from good quality sources and sleep a bit more of a priority. And like I said, just look at your 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 training. And just make sure you're progressing. Simple as that, you know. Yeah.
1: Another um, couple of supplements, actually, that would be really helpful would be one. Would, <laughs> would be magnesium, magnesium following yeah. our, our chat. If you are quite sort of wanting it from a food-based supplement company, if you're a bit more sort of, um, you know, sort of prioritizing that. Uh, Innate Response is a great brand that get it from, it's sort of a mixture of spinach and beetroot, and it's a mixture of different uh, chelates of magnesium. That's a great supplement, but just any magnesium, to be honest. And the second thing I was going to say was electrolytes um, with the level of training that you're probably doing and during your competition to make sure you're fully hydrated. Um, so you could either do it in the form of adding some um, mineral salts like Himalayan pink salt to your water, drinking coconut water, <laughs> or take something like elite electrolyte drops um, in your water for the next couple of weeks and on the day, just to make sure you're, you're nice and hydrated.
0: Done. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to do do one more question? Should we try and get through one more? Yeah. Do you want a training-based one or a more nutrition-based one? Well, you know what I would say. I know what you would say, yeah. (laughs) Here's a cool one. Uh, This is from Jill Marie. I'm still struggling with lunch ideas. I found too much salad gives me really bad um, stomach cramps. Anything high in fiber causes me pain. It has to be. It either has to be cold food or something I can heat in the microwave. There's not technically a question in there.
1: Do you know why I like this though? As a not technically a question is because <laughs> there's been loads of posts on the page recently. We've had some emails and posts in the member zone about gut issues. Yeah. And one thing that um, we got Emma to do at the academy was walk people through the gut so that you could understand that there were several stages of digestion that can go a little bit wrong so um there's the stomach producing stomach acid breaking down protein that can go a bit wrong with medications and stress um you've got then your small intestine which is um, designed for the breakdown absorption of nutrients but we can get bacterial overgrowth there which is hugely common at one point i used to think everybody had it that i saw Hmm. because i just saw case after case after case um, again i can usually recognise that via symptoms because you react really badly to fodmaps
0: yeah um
1: lots of burping and farting and bloating instantly um you struggle with with most most fodmaps and, and just sort of sugars and carbohydrates generally um dairy and things like that um you can have issues with um right down into sort of large intestine uh, you know with with bowel movement with peristalsis so you know not even going to the loo every day again, due to stress, thyroid function, there's so many different things that can be happening. What I wanted to say was it's really good to start, um, not trying to pinpoint, oh, it's salad function somewhere along the line. So yeah. like, Not wrong, but not optimal is probably a an yeah. nicer way of putting it. Um, so generally with, with something like that, I'd be looking at um, possibly um, a deficiency in digestive enzymes. Um, I would be asking her to look at, um any any history of medications um specifically i want to know things like um any digestive medications like things that stop the production of stomach acid um, the oral contraceptive pill which might deplete probiotics antibiotics and um, all those sorts of things that could mean that she has dysbiosis yeah so too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria Um, I'd ask her to look at things like the way she eats does she chew her food properly is that why things like salad might be causing her some issues Um, it sounds like there might be an irritated lining of the gut wall Um, so there could be a leaky gut where certain things um, and this is everything from um, stress to medications to it's now believed mobile phones um, can cause the gut to leak so we've all got leaking guts a little bit, I'd imagine, at this point in time. Gluten's a big factor in that. So if she had a gluten-heavy diet, that could be um, something else that's going on. So with all of these sorts of questions, um, the first thing I sort of say is go and work with a nutritional therapist. So that's the best bet for you. Yeah. Because they'll run um, some either some, some small tests that they could just do via questionnaires and um, um, symptom analysis and a food diary um, to really try and get a picture of what are your symptoms? What could be driving them? What are you like as a person? What's your stress, medications, health history? Then, from there, sort of looking at um, how could you support digestive function? So, do you need to supplement with stomach acid, um, hydrochloric acid? Do you need to add in some enzymes at mealtimes? Do you need to look at how you eat food? Are you eating in a rushed environment and need to chew more and relax when you eat, breathe differently when you eat? Um, do you need probiotics to correct the balance of bacteria, or do you actually need like natural? antimicrobials like oregano and um garlic and berberine to kill off some of those bad bugs um do you think you've got a parasite maybe that could be also some (laughs) creepy crawlies in the the gut um could be causing some of these issues um as well as your emotional state of mind which could be you know sort of having an impact as well so in terms of those things that she's noticed
0: don't blame the salad
1: (laughs) no Um, But I'd also say if you if you don't have the funds to go and see a nutritional therapist, a really good start for me is look at things like the GAPS diet. So that's gut and psychology syndrome, which is um, it's quite an extreme elimination diet, but it's basically go right back to um, pretty much just bone broth to start. Then you add in things like um, some cooked vegetables, some meat and some eggs. And what you're doing is taking out the the things that would cause digestive um, issues and, and just adding back in everything that heals the gut, so all those fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, collagen from the bone broth, gradually add in some fermented foods. And the GAPS diet book and website takes you through it step by step, big lists of food, take these out, add these in. Uh, And that's how you could do a really sort of um, comprehensive gut protocol. Um, The other one would be um, SCD lifestyle, so specific carbohydrate diet. They're pretty pretty geeky about this sort of stuff aren't they so they would be helpful too
0: so what do you think she meant then where she's so she's she's kind of like made the association to salads and um that kind of like give her stomach cramps cause her pain but she says it either needs to be cold food or something that i can heat in a microwave i th- i don't get it
1: <laughs> it's piss. do you know what the, the thing is with ibs is people often point the finger at foods and say Um I don't doubt salad is a common one actually because it is quite hard to break down. So um one of my favourite digestive enzyme supports is uh Digest More Ultra by Renew Life, which just has a big broad spectrum of enzymes, so it's been it's really helpful. What's in her salad? So are there FODMAPs in her salad? FODMAPs are fermentable carbohydrates. Again, if you Google FODMAPs you'll get the big lists up of, of um sugars that ferment in the bowel that will cause essentially it's causing wind and that's what the pain is normally um it's trapped wind that could be one issue but then is if she's eating at work is she quite stressed when she eats in which case she's not producing stomach acid to break down her food and therefore um it's 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 causing again bloating and wind and and things like that um i'd say the microwaving thing might be that heating some of the food cooking it is breaking down protein it's breaking down some of the vegetables making them easier to digest yeah in terms of having it cold i don't know if she means having it cold after cooking but what i would say is the point here is is for me it's not i don't think it's specific foods okay it could be the fodmaps and things like that but basically she has compromised digestion yeah and so she has to address that first
0: emma's podcast on the gut on the gut um what episode that was i have no idea but if you hover over the little i yeah on uh, in itunes it will tell you um what we spoke about and who we had on so definitely check that out it's very informative
1: absolutely look at gaps diet look at um scd lifestyle website loads of information on there and you're probably going to have to do a basic elimination diet to try and rebuild your gastrointestinal Uh,
0: function but like Harris mentioned earlier something as simple as just chewing your food more chewing it properly so you're really breaking it down making life a little bit easier for the gut can go a hell of a long way i'm not saying it will solve all your problems but it could help a hell of a lot so instead of rushing lunches at work or maybe trying to eat whilst you're working and not really kind of enjoying the food and chewing it properly you know put that time to one side to do that
1: yeah and i say lastly a really quick thing you say. Last lastly you? is <laughs> um a few spoonfuls of apple cider vinegar um, or lemon juice on your salad can be really helpful in terms of breaking them down a little bit as well. Um, and generally anything bitter will stimulate digestive enzymes. So that's why we used to have things like rocket and olives before we ate the meal, because mm-hmm. that would stimulate your enzymes. And as Emma mentioned in her presentation on Saturday, the um, cephalic phase of digestion is when you smell and see food uh, being cooked so try and make sure that you're not just sort of grabbing and eating food really quickly. Yeah, so yeah. Uh,
0: yeah
1: go funny. and <laughs> go and sniff the microwave. <laughs>
0: get cooking.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then you sit down, breathe deeply from the stomach, get all of the digestive juices flowing, then eat. That could be a good start.
0: What people what we should do is like uh, invent like a fitter food scent that smells of food. So when people oh, are, right, you
1: could spray it. People
0: just sh- smell it. before they're about to eat at work where they're they're not (laughs) cooking the food from scratch there you go gap in the market right there I'm gonna go away and patent that and buy buy the domain
1: cephalic (laughs) Cephalic scent sounds awful one last thing actually this is one absolute last thing one of my tips at the academy was eat like you're on your first date there you go that
0: was an awesome tip actually I liked that that was incredibly yeah, incredibly good, yeah.
1: Why like don't you eat like you on your first date then? <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> Eight years <laughs> we've
0: been together, Keris, come on. <laughs> um but no, it's a good shout, isn't it? I mean but but I think eating on your first date, I think women tend to be a little bit more conscious of how they eat in front of men than the other way around.
1: Yeah, but guys don't want to come across as like oinks shoveling well, no, food in, no, no. but then not. they don't give a toss after like the second or third date.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky
1: women it's about six months and then we don't give a toss either
0: Takes sho- that long though. shovel
1: the food in the <laughs> north,
0: yeah so there closing four. eat like you're on your first date yeah good shout awesome nice one some really good questions there guys um, of course you know we can never get through all of them however there are plenty more good questions that came in we will answer those on another podcast for sure in fact we'll probably just do that on the next episode because the questions are there and they're fresh so we'll, we'll get those answered won't we absolutely Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Whether you've been out walking the dogs, on your way to work, in the gym, whatever it may be, I hope you got some good value from this this episode. As always, guys, please, please, please share with anyone who you think would also love this episode or any of our episodes. Leave a review if you haven't done so and a rating as well. We'll be forever grateful, guys. Um, Enjoy the rest of your day or whatever it is you're doing, and we will see you over in the next episode. Oh, sorry, bye. No, we out again. <laughs> the TV's not on this time. I don't know what her excuse was. <laughs> See you later, guys.